When I was six years old, I came down with a bad case of tonsillitis. Had to go to the hospital, have those little suckers removed. A lot of you have had to go through that experience. That's nothing new. Unfortunately, the timing of my tonsillitis was horrible. It happened right before school was about to start. And so I had to miss the first day of first grade. Not a good time to miss. So on the second day of first grade, which was for me my first day, my mother took me into the classroom and dropped me off. And uh, unfortunately, the teacher wasn't there yet, but I knew how school worked. I had been to kindergarten. So I sat down, and I was ready to learn. I was ready to just soak up a lot of knowledge. And after a few seconds, some little kid came into the classroom and said, Get out of my chair. That's my seat. Well, I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I jumped up and found another place to sit. And not long after that, another little kid came in and said, You're in my seat. Get out of my seat. Okay, well, I wasn't going to do that again. So I got up and I stood by the wall and I just kind of quivered there, cowered there, you know, in shame and humiliation because apparently I had broken some rule and I didn't know what it was. And fortunately, the teacher came in not long after that and assigned me a seat and everything was good and I lived through it. Being new somewhere can be very stressful, can it? It can be scary. Now, some of you have been Northside members for a long time. In fact, multiple generations of your family are are members here at Northside. And what a blessing that must be. But I, I want to encourage you to never forget what it's like to be the new person. In the Bible, God makes it very clear that he wants us to be hospitable. He wants us to be welcoming to those who are new to our body. He wants us to be friendly to outsiders. This morning, we are going to talk about two groups of people that we need to be welcoming to. I'm talking about guests and new members. We should be welcoming to guests so that they will want to come back and visit us again and eventually become a part of this body. And we need to be welcoming to new members So they will remain faithful parts of this body. You know, I think Northside is one of the most welcoming churches I know of. We have all sorts of ways to make our guests feel welcome. We've got valet parking. We've got greeters that stand at the door and and open the door for you, shake your hand, give you a hug. We've got other ones roaming around in the foyer just looking for new people to make them feel welcome. We've got a nice guest lunch that I hope you're going to come to if you're a guest. Uh, we do that almost every Sunday. Um, our members are friendly. We've got a lot of ways of making our guests feel welcome. We also have many ways of making our new members feel welcome. We introduce them at the end of worship when they place membership. We write a little article about them in the bulletin and put their picture on the front cover of the bulletin. We put their picture on a new member's picture board out in the foyer. We have a class every three months that Brian Middleton and I teach for new members to kind of show you the ropes and, and help you learn what all there is to do here. We have a catered dinner, hogwild barbecue and homemade desserts twice a year where our elders, our deacons, our staff and their families come and, and meet new members and enjoy a lot of good food and, and just get to know each other. I'm proud of the hospitality that we show to our guests, and I think we do a great job of welcoming our new members. But even though we do a 
pretty good job at this. I, I think it's so important that I want us to spend some time talking about it this morning. We do good at being a welcoming church, but I think, and I want to challenge us to do even better. Have you ever visited a church where no one talked to you? I mean, you were there the whole time and no one said hi at all. I have. I want to ask you, if you if you have experienced that, did you ever have any desire to go back to that church and visit again? Do you think Northside is a friendly church? There have been surveys conducted in churches across America, and when members of churches are asked if their church is friendly, almost always they say, yes, our church is a very friendly church. But do you know that when guests who visit those same churches are asked, quite often they will say, "Mm, I didn't think they were that friendly. Why the difference? Well, I think this video that you're about to see We'll maybe explain it a little bit for you. Today, I'd like to talk with you about becoming a more welcoming church. Back here, we've got Jack and Sally and little Jack-Jack, and they're first-time guests today. Hi. You guys ready? We've got a bit of a hike. Let's do it. Please. Most church members don't see their churches clearly. They think of their churches as friendly, open, welcoming. But when guests were surveyed, they typically saw church members as unfriendly. And they certainly didn't feel welcomed. The perception chasm existed because church members were indeed friendly to one another. Guests felt like they were crashing a private party. This video basically tells us something that I think most of us already know. When you ask members if their church is friendly, they say yes, because they have friends at the church. And they see people visiting before and after worship is over, and they they think, hey, look, look at us, we're friendly. To them, their church is a very friendly place. But when you ask guests, for them, visiting a church is a totally new situation. They don't know anyone. And the church may seem a little unfriendly. So really, I think the only good way to know if we are a friendly church is to ask our guests. Because the bottom line is, we're not friendly unless they think we're friendly. Now, if you've read the Bible very much, it should not be a surprise to you at all that God wants us to be hospitable to others. If you turn in the Old Testament to Leviticus 19.34... There's a command from God given to the Israelites in the old law where he says the foreigners living among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Now, you remember when Moses led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt? They had been slaves there for more than 400 years. They crossed the Red Sea, and then they had to go through several countries to get to the promised land that God had waiting for them. And most of the time, the nations that they wanted to cross through were not friendly to them. They said, no way are you passing through here. You're not getting any water. You're not getting any food. Sometimes they had to fight battles to get through uh, those nations. God knew that his, his people had just gone through 
an experience where they were foreigners. They were strangers in someone else's land. And he wanted them to remember what that was like. He wanted them to treat others the way they wished they had been treated when they were the strangers. And then in the New Testament, if you turn to 1 Peter 4, 9, the Apostle Peter says, Offer hospitality to others, to one another, without grumbling. When someone offers hospitality to you, but you can tell their heart's not really in it, does it really seem like hospitality? Peter says you need to have a smile on your face when you offer hospitality to someone. Not just a smile on your face, but in your heart. And, of course, we're all familiar with Matthew 25, where Jesus describes the judgment day. Starting in verse 34, we read that the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then jumping down to the end of verse 35, he says, For I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Jesus says that when we treat others with kindness and hospitality... It's the same as if we were treating him that way. I'm going to talk first this morning about how we can be more hospitable to our guests. Here's some interesting information. Did you know that 16% of all first-time guests come back and eventually become members of a church? Well, how many second-time guests do you think become members? Believe it or not, 85% of those who visit a second time to a church, eventually become members of that church. So if our goal is to lead people to Christ, if our goal is to help them to have a relationship with Him, why would we not do everything possible to welcome our guests and, and make them, help them want to come and visit with us again? Did you know that a guest forms an impression of a church, a new church they've never been to, Within the first 30 seconds, I found that incredible. But studies have shown that that is true. What do you think those impressions are based on? Well, the same research has shown that the appearance of the outside of the building makes an impression on them. Things like available parking, uh, whether or not the church has a welcoming atmosphere. I mean, do, do people say hi to them? Um, are, the, are the members friendly? Do they have a chance to meet the preacher, and is he friendly? How about services for their children? Do they have a nice, clean, safe nursery? Children's classes, are they, do they look like they're good classes? Are there signs, user-friendly signs, that show you where things like the restrooms are and the auditorium and where the classrooms are? I want to say again that I think we do a really good job at helping our guests feel welcome, but... Let me describe for you what it's like too often when you visit a new church. Maybe you've had this experience. You struggle to find a parking place. You enter the door and no one says hi to you. You notice there's a lot of groups of people talking, seeming to have a good time. They're they're like little football huddles where they're all circled in facing each other. They're, They're really having a great time, but you're not a part of those groups. So you sort of navigate your way around all those huddles, and you, you try to find the auditorium. Sometimes it takes you a while because there's no signs that tell you where the auditorium is. Or, and there's nobody around that you can ask to find out where it is. And if you come in time for Bible class, sometimes you don't know 
where the classrooms are. You don't know what they're studying. You don't know which is the classroom for your particular age group. If we want to be hospitable as we know God wants us to be, we need to do better than that. Did you know that in the typical church, like Northside, on any given Sunday, 5 to 10% of the people present are guests? Wow. Now, when we used to use attendance cards to find out who was here on a Sunday morning, we would get about six cards from guests. Now, we knew there had to be more than that because we saw them among us. We saw people we didn't know, but we didn't know how many there were. Now that we use these wonderful welcome books, um, just a little pitch for that, um, believe it or not, we have an average of 43 guests every Sunday morning. And on Father's Day last month, we had 71 guests that I counted. Amazing. So, obviously, this morning, my target audience for this lesson is the 90 to 95% of you who are Northside members. But, if you normally attend another church, I hope your takeaway from this lesson today is that you'll go back to your home church and you'll figure out some ways to help your guests feel welcome. And if you are someone who's been visiting Northside for a while, I hope your takeaway from the lesson today is that you will know that we care about you. And we want to welcome you and make you feel at home here. Now, this may sound pretty odd, but I want to spend a few minutes talking about how to make a guest feel unwelcome. And if you'd like to follow along in your handouts, these are the little fill-in-the-blank thingies that every preacher is supposed to do. So there, there you go. How to make a guest feel unwelcome. First of all, talk only with your friends. I mean, you haven't seen them for a few days, right? It's only fair that your first priority should be to talk with them. Here's another one. Look the other way when you see someone you don't know. By all means, do not make eye contact. What if you're supposed to know them and you can't remember their name? Here's one I really like. Single them out. Okay? A lot of churches used to have people stand at the end of worship if they were visiting that day so that everybody could see who they were and then go meet them after worship. My church in Oklahoma that we used to visit, uh, used to visit, used to be a part of for 25 years, we used to do that. We thought we were being really friendly to guests. I know some churches still do that today. Well, guess what? Studies have shown when you actually ask the guest if they like doing that, most of them say, I don't like doing that. It makes me feel uncomfortable having to stand up and, you know, everybody look at me. So single them out if you want to help them feel unwelcome. Here's one, here's one of my favorites. Grill them with questions. Okay? Put them through an interrogation. Let me give you an example. Hi, my name's Mark. Oh, I'm so glad to glad, glad that you're here today. Are you new to Wichita or have you been here a long time? Oh, okay. Are you married? Do you have any kids? How old are they? Where do they go to school? Is it public or private? Is it a Christian school? Do you homeschool? We have some homeschoolers here. Let me introduce. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? What do you think about Trump? Are you, okay, are you a vegan or a carnivore? Okay, you get the point. 
That's a great way to make people feel uncomfortable. I have learned that through the School of Hard Knocks by accidentally doing that a few times. We have two pews reserved for uh, late arriving guests in the southwest corner of this building. If you want to make them feel unwelcome, go sit in those pews, okay? That way, when they arrive after worship has started, those seats will be full, and they'll have to be escorted about halfway down the front of the auditorium. Or here's one I really like. Ask them to get out of your pew. See how yours got quotes around it there? We are creatures of habits, aren't we? When, when my wife and I first came here to Northside 14 years ago, I was determined we were going to sit in a different place every Sunday so we would get to know each other. Guess what happened? We always sit right there. Now, I do lead worship a lot, so I have to sort of be close to the front, but we're just creatures of habit. And this place is so full that you kind of almost need to mark out your territory before you, you know, I, some people like, they sit there during Bible class because they know that's where they want to sit during worship, okay? So if you, you know, if you really want to make someone feel unwelcome, if you walk up to your pew and a guest is sitting there, here's what you do. Say, would you mind scooting down a little bit? You're in my spot. Or better yet, get up and go find somewhere else to sit. Remember how that made me feel on my first day of first grade? Do that. It's a real good thing to do. Now, just for fun, I want to read you a little poem that you may have read in the bulletin. I'm sorry to be, you know, inflicting this on you again. But this is a poem that I wrote in the style of Dr. Seuss. And my grandson, who's two, I told him about this. He's, you know, this is, this is sort of like the cat in the hat visits Northside. He, this is the only part of the sermon he's been looking forward to. So, so here we go. Carter, this is for you. The cat in the hat visits Northside. The sun did not shine. It was too wet to play. So we both went to church on that cold, cold, wet day. I went there with Sally. We went there, we too. And we headed right down to our favorite pew. But the shock and the horror that greeted me there was almost much more than my poor heart could bear. Our pew that we sit in, where we've always sat, was shamelessly, shamefully filled by some cat in a hat. I wasn't sure what to do. I wasn't quite sure just what to do. So I stood there and glared at that cat in my pew. Then I said to him, friend, I can see that you're new because you and your your things are in my favorite pew. I'd like to suggest that you scoot down a bit or, or get up and go hunt for a new place to sit. God said we should be always be friendly to guests, but I don't think he meant if they're pew-stealing pests. And then a big usher named Walter or Tim walked right over to us and looked down at him. He said to the cat, we are so glad you're here, but I couldn't help notice couldn't help over here that there seems to be trouble finding somewhere to sit for old brother Cranky, who's throwing a fit. Please allow me to help. I know just what to do. Then he took me and Sally to another good pew. As I sat there and worshipped, I started to think that my friendliness quotient's beginning to stink. That pew was not mine. It was not mine at all. And because of that seat, I had started a brawl. So right after church, I had something to say, and I asked that old cat if he'd come back someday. Then I asked if he'd stay for our yummy guest lunch. 
where there's always good goodies to nibble and munch. We had a good talk over casserole food, and I pledged never more to act so stinking rude. Uh, I almost, I, Carter has a uh, big cat in the hat hat. I almost wore it while I read that, but I didn't think you would take me seriously, so I did not do that. Those are some ways to help our guests feel unwelcome. Now let's talk about some ways. I think this is a, a better thing to talk about. Ways that you can help a guest feel welcome. First of all, say hi to people you don't know, especially those sitting near you. Invite them to guest lunch. In, in fact, if it's your Sunday, say, hey, I would like to take you to guest lunch. I'll go with you. I'll sit with you. In fact, I would suggest do that even if it's not your Sunday to host. Look for a guest and take them to guest lunch with you. And by all means, refer to them as guests, not visitors. Visitors, that word is so, you know, 19th century or 20th century. What? Never mind. If it, you know, visitors, in the way I look at the word visitor, they are unexpected. Uh-oh, we got a visitor. Uh-oh. Start, start looking sharp. Guests are welcome. They are invited. Remember that song, Be Our Guest, from Beauty and the Beast? Be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the... Remember that? You didn't want me to sing, did you? <laughs> it's Charles' job. It just wouldn't work the same if the words were... Be our visitor, be our visitor. Where are you from? I'm the Inquisitor. <laughs> no, that, that would not work. Just wouldn't have the same ring. Okay, here's another good one. I bet you knew I was going to harp on this one a little bit. Wear your name badge. Now, why is this important? I mean, they're a pain to keep up with. I mean, it doesn't feel right on my clothes. Why should I have to do that, Mark? Oh, my goodness. Well, here's why. It makes it easier for us to meet each other. First of all, our guests don't know us. New members have hundreds of names to have to learn. And it's hard for longtime members to learn the names of all the new people. Do you know last year, 2017, we had 63 new members? Raise your hand if you can name all of them. Okay, I can't even do that. It's hard, okay? Even after you've met someone, can you always remember their name the next time you see them? When, you're, when you see somebody that you know you've met before, you've introduced yourself, and they've told you their name, do you ever find yourself having to say, Hey, you, how you doing? Good to see you. Recently, Mark Hoyle, who is one of our class leaders now, but he's also a new member, he was encouraging the people in his class to wear their name badges, and he said this in one of his weekly emails to them. He said, seeing name badges my very first Sunday at Northside was a huge relief for me. It was a barrier broken. You guys know me as an outgoing extrovert, but I'm actually shy at first. All I can say is I was never a fan of name badges until I found myself on the other side. So I'm conducting a wear your name badge contest starting in June. It's sorry. It started in June and it's going to go through the end of this month. And here's how it works. Every every Sunday I come armed with a list of about a dozen members and I'll look for those members. And if they have their name badge on, they win a gold dollar coin. I've only got one left today because I've handed out a bunch and or it's their choice. A hug from the involvement minister. 
Now, some have said they only want the hug, and that just touches me so much. Others, Ted today, just said, just give me the coin. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. I appreciate that. I love you, too. Uh, but you know what? This has been working. The very first Sunday that I did this, only one out of four of you were wearing your name badge that I checked. Last week, we had 57%. Today, I'm happy to report we're up to 67%. Six out of nine of you have been wearing your name badge today. If you need a new name badge, and I know you all want to wear yours now because you've been inspired by what I've said, call the church office and we can make you a new one. Here's another suggestion. If you meet somebody who appears to be a guest, maybe they look like deer in the headlight kind of folks, Ask them if they are looking for somebody that that they know that they're meeting. And if they are, help them find those people. Or maybe ask if they need help finding where their class is, where the restrooms are, where the auditorium is. Be a little, you know, a little impromptu greeter there. And I want to say it again. Please save the guest pews for our late arriving guests. Believe it or not, some people think our worship starts at 1030 because that's where that's when they start when uh, at, at their home church. And they'll get here a little bit before 1030 and they'll be shocked to see that we're already in the middle of worship. And if they can just slip in quietly and sit in those one of those two pews and not make a big scene, it makes it so much easier on them. And I've got a couple of rules that I would like to suggest that you follow. The first one is the 10 foot rule. It's really easy. If anybody comes within 10 feet of you, say hi. All you got to do is say hi. If you want to really impress somebody, go meet them. But at least say hi. Whether you know them or not, say hi. And the second rule is the three-minute rule. Now, this one is a little trickier, and you may not like it, okay? But hear me out. I think it's a good one. The first three minutes after worship is over, after the closing prayer is done, I want you to see if you can avoid talking to anyone you know and instead go find someone you don't know and meet them. It is hard. It, you know, it's challenging, but I encourage you to do that. You know, our guest lunch, I think, is one of the best ways we have of welcoming our guests. I think offering somebody a meal has been the preferred way to show hospitality throughout the ages. Do you remember in Genesis 18 when... Uh, Abraham and Sarah were just minding their own business at their tent, and up walks three guys. They're strangers to them. And Abraham says, hey, hey, wait, guys, where are you going? Let me give you some lunch. Sarah, will you kill a goat and, and prepare it and make some really nice bread? If Toby were preaching, he would say, let me take you to Chick-fil-A. But I'm not Toby, so I'm not going to say that. So the guy, these three guys waited, and you remember the story? It turned out two of them were angels, and one of them was God. Wow. I think the writer of Hebrews had that story in mind when he wrote this in verse uh, 2 of chapter 13. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Let me share with you a few ideas that I think will make our guest lunches even better. First of all, don't forget to call it guest lunch. Visitor lunch is way out. That's that's old stuff. We don't do that anymore. Second, if you're a guest lunch leader, I want to encourage you. Here's a really cool way 
to introduce the guest at your guest lunch. Instead of saying, are there any guests with us today? Will you please introduce yourself? This is much more guest friendly. Before guest lunch starts, before you have to introduce them, go around with a piece of paper and a pen and meet everybody you don't know. And if they happen to be a guest visiting today, write their name down. And then when it's time to introduce them, you don't have to say, will you please introduce yourself? You say, hey, let me introduce the guest to you. And here they are. Another idea for you, for all of you who are guest lunch group members, find a guest and meet them. Sit with them. Make them feel welcome. That's the whole reason we do the guest lunch. It's not just to have something nice to eat. It is a nice way to meet other members, too, by the way. But it's a way to make our guests feel welcome. What would you say if I told you that hidden among you today are several mystery guests? Kind of like mystery shoppers. You know how that works? You're, you're paid to go eat at McDonald's or somewhere, um, and your, your meal is bought for you, and they may give you a few extra bucks on the side. I don't know. I've never been a mystery shopper. But it's a cool way to, to get a free meal, and then you have to give a review of how that restaurant experience went. Well, we've got some guest uh, mystery guests today. And after worship, I'm going to ask them what their impression was of our friendliness quotient. How many people spoke to them? Did anybody invite them to guest lunch? Did they have to find their way to their classroom, or did somebody offer to help them? Did anyone seated nearby them come over to say hi? How do you think we'll do? I want to switch gears for just a minute now and talk about welcoming our new members. Church growth experts have done studies that show that Christians are much more likely to stay faithful when they form relationships with other members. In one study that I'm familiar with, the researcher uh, surveyed 50 new adult converts who had remained faithful, and he also surveyed 50 new adult converts who had already dropped out. And here's what he found. All of them who had made less than three friends in the church had dropped out. Three friend, less than three friends, they left. All of them who made seven friends or more had stayed faithful. So what's the lesson for us? Well, we need to help our new members form relationships and, and meet other people, make friends. There's a lot of ways we have of doing that here at Northside. We have great Sunday morning adult Bible classes where you can meet people and get to know them. We have small groups that meet on Sunday afternoons and Sunday evenings. We have Celebrate Recovery. It's a great way to meet other people. Working together in ministries. That's a great way to make relationship. Find a ministry to work with and, and become good friends with the people that do. Researchers have also found that the more members get involved and feel useful, the more likely they are to remain active members. When somebody thinks, eh, there's nothing for me to do at that church, they don't need me, they're more likely to leave. That's one reason that we do an involvement survey every year on the first Sunday of February. In fact, this year we also added a a ministry fair. We had 26 different ministries that set up tables and displays and talked to you about what their ministries were so you could know how to get involved. One church growth expert that I read says that over 80% of the people who leave a church 
do so within the first six months of becoming members. That tells me that our window of opportunity is kind of small for helping them to make friends and get involved. One good way, I think, for a, for a new member to get involved is to participate in one of the, the, the ministries that I like to call the welcome home ministries. Things like being a greeter. I want, I want to, I want to tell you quickly about these ministries in case you would like to get involved in them. We have valet parkers, uh, the valet parking ministry. It's free of charge and we help people that, that have a little bit of trouble walking in from the parking lot. David Holt is in charge of that ministry if you'd like to be a part of that. Our greeters are led by Tony Weber. We have greeters that open the doors for you and, and shake your hand. We have ones that give you a nice hug. Uh, one of our new members recently in a new member class said he had to come every Sunday because he wanted to have his joy hug. So Miss Joy likes giving hugs, and there's others that do too. In fact, when, when we first, our very first Sunday here visiting Northside to see if we wanted to come up here and work with, with you guys, Edna gave me a hug. Remember Edna and her good old hugs? Yeah. I thought, man, I love this place. They give you hugs. So, all right. Anyway, enough about greeters and their hugs. You know, I think the friendliest churches that I've ever seen do one thing really well. They have the, the mentality, the mindset that everyone is a greeter. Now, not everybody is as friendly as Calvin, but everybody is a greeter. I'm sure Donna was given a hug back there, too. So everybody had, should have that concept that you can be a greeter. We don't have to have the official greeters be the only ones that are friendly to folks. So... Here's what I want you to do. I want you to meet people sitting near you. Don't worry that you might introduce yourself to a member. Just say, hi, I'm Mark. I don't think I've met you yet. Don't say you're Mark unless that really is your name. But, do you know, fill in the blank. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I haven't met you yet. Well, that's easy. You're not going to embarrass yourself. And they say, well, I'm Joe, and I've been here for 30 years. Well, great, Joe. I'm sorry we must sit on opposite sides of the auditorium. It is a big place, right? We've got Sunday handout distributors, and Richie Weingert is in charge of that ministry. We've got ushers. There's that big usher named Tim that helped Mr. Cranky. Um, Tim Cachero is in charge of our ushers. They help our guests or anybody that's looking for a seat in the crowded auditorium. We've got a group of people called the Ambassadors, led by Brad Sibley and Brenda Carver. They make contact with those who visit us by call or card or our home visit, and just make them know that they're welcome and, and we'd love to have them come back. This morning we've talked about the importance of being hospitable. We need to welcome our guests, and we need to help our new members make friends and get plugged in. God spent a lot of time in the Bible talking about how we should treat each other. And one thing he said that we need to do is to be hospitable. Others, We've looked at several passages in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that tell us that. And, of course, one of the best-known passages in the Bible is the one in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus told his, his listeners, do to others as you would have them do to you. So if you take that golden rule and you apply it to how you would like to be treated, you know, think about that and then treat your guests that way when you see somebody here at Northside. Oh, yeah. And have you have you had time yet to figure out who you want to go meet during the first three minutes after worship is over? 
Should I give you a few minutes to look around? Look around real quick. See, see who you don't know, okay? I don't see any heads turning. I just see some going like this. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm serious. I want you to go find somebody you don't know and meet them. Okay, as we close this morning, I want to ask you something. This sermon has not been one where we've talked about the, the need to become a Christian, the, the need to follow Christ. We've talked about a very specific, practical thing that, that, that is really close to, to what I like to do as an involvement minister. But I want to ask you, are you ready to become a Christian? Do you stand in need of God's forgiveness? Are you ready to put on Christ in baptism? Do you need the prayers of this church? Is there some way that we can pray for you, something going on in your life that that you need us to pray about? If there's any way that we can help you this morning, we want to invite you to come forward as together we stand and sing.